So this morning, before we go into the ministry of the Word, we shall lift our hearts, our minds, our eyes to the Lord. For the Word of God says, How do we endure in seasons like this? By looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Father, we just come this morning and we commit ourselves, Lord, here, present, physically, and all your children around the world who are listening. Wherever they are, Lord, we commit them into thy hands. And we plead the blood of Jesus. The blood, the blood that redeemed us, that gives us victory every day, that defeats the enemy, that sanctifies us. Oh, the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus. We magnify your word. We magnify your name. We magnify your blood. We magnify your spirit. Be glorified, Father, this morning in our midst. And I pray, Lord, give us hearing ears. Mind that is focused, Lord. Focused. Not distracted. You're teaching us through all that is happening. How fragile human life is. And how worthless the things we pursue are. And to keep our eyes on the king and the coming kingdom. So even this morning as we look into the word. Pray the word will look into us. And we'll find a resounding amen rising from our hearts. Which will be able to say. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, speak to us Lord, for in Jesus' name we pray, <clears throat> Amen, Amen, Amen. So we are on day 20, right, 20, right, day 20, and uh, pandemic continues to take its toll on the nation <clears throat> and around nations, no sign of a ceasefire in Gaza, but don't worry about Israel. Honestly, pray for Israel, but don't worry about Israel. It's not time yet. You cannot defeat Israel before God's time, and it's not time for Israel yet. They, like the church, cannot be defeated. Israel cannot be defeated before. It will be defeated, but not before its time. Its time hasn't come in yet. You know, even, even though they are unfaithful, he's still faithful, because he's still the God of Abraham. Okay? The God of Abraham, for us who are uncircumcised, and he is the God of Abraham for those who are circumcised. Okay? So, he was the God of Abraham before Abraham was circumcised. So, everybody comes in that. So, you remember even the Muslims are uncircumcised. Though they are circumcised. <laughs> okay? Circumcision is the circumcision of the heart. Okay? And not of the flesh. So, this morning we go back. Remember? Yesterday we looked at... Yesterday was Wednesday. We didn't look. Pastor Vijay... Checked how many Jacobs are there in our life. <laughs> but that question is to the women. To the men is how many Rachels do you have? <laughs> okay. The problem with Rachel, unlike Jacob, is Rachel comes with her father's idols. And even Jacob doesn't know. Okay. So, Tuesday we had looked at 
the power of God. We need the power of God. We, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. We can be good Christians. But it is the power of God that causes us to become that witnesses. We need to be witnesses in these last days. We cannot panic. We not panic. God's children, there are no accidents. Though you may have accidents, there are no accidents for God's children. Because every trouble is tailor-made to bring triumph out of it. If there are no troubles, we would never know where we really are in the kingdom of God. Okay, So every trouble is tailor-made, designed by the Father in his children's life that we emerge triumphant from it. Okay, And if we did not emerge triumphant in it, it's simply because we went wrong in the mechanics of faith. So we just go back, cross-check, Lord, where did I fail? Okay, where did I fail? That's what I said in life or in death. God's children are victorious. They are not defeated. So we look at everything differently. This morning we go back to Judges. And this morning first we look at 6.34. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. And then he blew the trumpet and the Abizarites gathered behind him. And if you go to verse 7, chapter 7, verse 7 to 8, the Lord said to Gideon, by 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. So we don't need the rest, let them all go, just 300. So the people took provisions, their trumpets in their hands, and he sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those 300 men. Now the camp of Midian was below in the valley. So you have 300 men. Okay, If you put these two verses together, if you go back to 624 or 34, you will see when the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, the first thing he did was he blew the trumpet. Okay, The Spirit of God came upon him, he blew the trumpet, and all the people gathered. And then in the second portion we looked is that God sent, sent all the others off. And if you come to that second verse of it, okay, send everybody, the three is enough, send them off. Okay. And verse 8 says, the people, who are these people? These are the 300. They took the provisions and their trumpets in their hand. So there is something which God is talking about. Okay. Trumpets was very specific, special in Israel's history. And Subsequently, after everybody's history, you have bugles and trumpets. This was a means of mass communication, how to send a message across. Now, what happens is we see Gideon blowing the trumpet. The trumpet was basically was given to watchmen. Okay. So the question is, was Gideon a watchman assigned in his tribe? Because that's what he does. We don't see the other judges blowing trumpets, but we see Gideon blowing a trumpet. He was a watchman. And ultimately, when God shifted through the entire camp, sent 22,000 out, and then 10,700 out, right? 9,700 out. These 300 people, when they were left, what did they do? They took their provisions and they took their trumpets. So were they also watchmen? So God is trying to tell us something. At the end, who will remain? When all the shifting is over, we look at all the three groups in the Bible, continuously three groups in the Bible. The final group that remains with the Lord, who will continue from the beginning till the end with the Lord, endure till the end, have the spirit of the watchman. They are watchmen. They watch the signs and they prepare accordingly. They prepare accordingly. So God is telling us something and he's asking us, 
in the midst of all this happening, how are you reacting? Are we panicking? Or are we at peace? Are we watchful? There's one continuous refrain of Jesus Christ over the last days. Watch, 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 watch. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Like I said in the, in the Bible trumpets were used for many uses. There were many, around 10 to 12 uses. But specifically, if you look at it, to call an assembly, to announce a warning, to call troops to battle, and to proclaim victory. These four specifics, even the anointing of the kings and all trumpets are blown. There are many uses, but major. Let's turn to Numbers chapter 10 and read 1 to 10. The Lord spoke to Moses, make two silver trumpets for yourself. And you shall make them of hammered work. You shall use them for calling the congregation and for directing the movement of the camps. Okay? Calling the congregation and for their movement. Yeah. When they blow both of them, all the congregation shall gather before you at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. But if they blow only one, then the leaders, the heads of the divisions of the Israel shall. So very clear. Okay? When you blow two, everybody comes. When you blow one, only the leaders come. Okay? When you sound the advance, the camps that lie on the east side shall then begin their journey. When you sound the advance, the second time, the camps that lie on the south shall begin their journey. They shall sound the call for them to begin their journey. When the assembly is to be gathered together, you shall blow, but not sound the advance. So, anybody who blows the trumpet needs to know how to blow it. The sounds were not the same. And the people also need to know what each sound means. So, you understand the job of the watchman. Okay. He can't, when the enemy is coming, he can't blow a trumpet which is for something else. So the people also need to know what each of the sound means. Okay? You have to be very discerning, both the watchmen and the hearers. The Holy Spirit is like a watchman. And the Bible says, those who have ears, let them hear. And if we are deaf, we don't hear. And if we are not tuned, we hear, but we do not understand. So, Paul will say in Corinthians 15, a trumpet should not make an uncertain sound. Uncertain sound. The fellow who blows and the person who hears should be able to understand what is happening. The sons of Aaron, the priest, shall blow the trumpets and these shall be for you as an ordinance forever throughout your generations. When you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with your trumpet. That's a different one. Allah. And then you will be remembered before the Lord your God and you will be saved from your enemies. Now this is what Gideon does. He's sounding an alarm and they all come. And God will fight the battle. When the spirit of the Lord comes upon him. The Bible doesn't say he blew the trumpet and the spirit came upon him. But when the spirit of God comes upon him, he blows the trumpets. Meaning it is a leading of the Holy Spirit to blow the trumpet. Verse 10, also in the days of your gladness, in your appointed feast, at the beginning of your month, you shall blow the trumpets of your burnt offerings over the sacrifice. So it was there also for their feast, they blew the trumpet. Don't confuse the trumpet with the shofar. Okay, this is the trumpet. So this is here. So in this narrative, we see Gideon blowing the trumpet first. Okay, he's blowing the trumpet first. And we will see, we have to presume from the context of this thing, that he was a watchman. He was a watchman. And we see the other 300 also were probably watchmen. So the simple question is, there's one thing demanded of the watchmen. They need to be faithful. They need to be faithful. And if you notice, 
when gideon is chosen by god when everybody has abandoned their crops and they have hidden in the caves and the mountains one man is watching over his crops in a wine press he is faithful to his labor he doesn't want the enemy to take it he is watching okay he is watching sometimes you cannot watch over anybody but you can watch over your own life enoch watched over his own life because the rest of them did not want him to watch they leave us alone probably everybody so god took him alone so ultimately we have to be watchers for our own life how am i watching my life is what god is asking so if we come today we will look at how we apply trumpets to our life our times it's really a different story altogether but the bible is full of trumpets the book of revelation is just trumpeting only You see, the most important event in biblical prophecy is the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's not first coming. First coming, most people did not understand. The most important event in biblical prophecy is the second coming of Jesus Christ. There is up to 300 prophecies about the second coming of Jesus Christ meaning for every prophecy about the first coming there is at least eight prophecies of the second coming and the first one to prophesy actually is god himself <laughs> the seed of the woman okay he will crush okay it's just not the first one it is also the second one put in together put in together because he is still waiting he is still doing that until he has all his enemies under his feet and the last enemy shall be death okay and then enoch enoch is the first prophet over there his second coming will be in the final stage of our redemption which will usher in the millennial reign of christ so what is happening in the middle east uh, about israel doesn't really bother me so much because if it is part of biblical prophecy then rapture can happen any second any time okay any time but it is not why because there will be peace the jews will be fooled hebrews will be fooled like they were deceived about the first coming they'll be deceived about the second coming too they will get fooled that's what happens if you reject the spirit of god you will get fooled okay so and i feel i mean the middle east is the middle east violence you know what the whole violence is all about it's about the temple mount it's about jerusalem and the temple mount it's about but think about it i mean think about simply logically think about it we sitting here are protestants we are protestants we protestants have churches all around the world cathedral st paul's cathedral is the biggest and all around the world huge magnificent churches or rooms or anything catholics have their churches from st peter's basilica to basilicas all around the world if you are a buddhist buddhists have temples and huge monasteries all around they have hindus have temples in all around the world including full of temples right muslims have grand mosque everywhere except the jews the problem with the jews is they cannot have a temple anywhere they can have the temple only in one city and one place please give them so it does not make any difference to anybody literally not even to the muslims it does not make any difference 
It only makes a difference to the Jew. He cannot have a temple. They have synagogues. They don't have a temple. They cannot have two temples. They can have only one temple. And that temple has to be in Jerusalem. And it has to be on the Mount Moriah, where Abraham had taken Isaac. It has to be there. It cannot be anywhere else. So, I mean, if you logically look at it, all religious people should say, why don't you give it to them? We all have so many temples, so many buildings. They can't poor people. They cannot build anywhere. Many cities they have, they cannot build anywhere in the promised land. They can build only in one place. And that these people have held and refused to give. They won't allow them to build also. So all they do is go to the wall and wail over there. So if you look at it, even out of compassion you should be giving. Whenever the Antichrist comes, he will make a peace accord. Okay? And he will allow the Jews to build the temple. So right now, I'm not worried about the Middle East. It is not yet time, but it is getting close. It's getting very, very close. So we need to be very, very careful that our ears are tuned to the trumpet. The voice of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says when John was in the island of Patamos, it sounded like a trumpet in his ears. It was so clear. Absolutely like a trumpet. It didn't make an unsure sound. It was very clear. He knew exactly what was happening. So the entire teaching of the church, okay, Deepika, can you come sit here, honey? You're trying to lean over this giant who's sitting in front of you. He's six feet plus with the shoulders like a barn, and you are not going to see anything there. Okay. Okay. These are all from old days classroom. Okay, I had giants in my class those days. I never was a grasshopper in their sight. Okay, because my students were older and bigger than me. Okay, so you know the entire teaching of the church to save the people within the church is to prepare a people. Okay? Prepare a people. Want to escape what is coming. Don't get caught in it. Second, be ready to go at uh, a second's notice. You don't even get a minute. It's a twinkling of an eye. Okay? It's less than a second. Okay, you just, you, you'll get just less than a second notice. I mean, you don't get a notice. Either you, either you go, or you don't go. Okay. Okay. And once the church is taken out, what it begins is the tribulation period. Okay. Tribulation period. There are different schools of it, but we will all fight about it. We just look at one school. We turn to Second Thessalonians and we read chapter two, verses one to four. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Same thing I will tell you again 2,000 years later. Don't, don't get, don't panic. Don't panic. Okay? Don't panic. Okay? You should panic only if you're not saved. If you are saved each day, you should live. It could be your last day. I'm not talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about death. Okay, death. Don't look so, 
like uh, was talking to my sister last night and you know about this black fungus they have a medical name for it difficult to pronounce so we'll leave it simple ordinary people black fungus it's just not the nostrils or the brain it goes she says when it hits the heart you just drop dead that's why you hear about children falling dead she says when it happens she she explained it to me how the top part of it it doesn't it doesn't function so your heart fails and you just drop dead okay now they're talking about a third wave and they're saying third wave be careful it is the children it's the children prepare it okay the third wave so you see one of the things the pandemic has taught us is that your age is irrelevant age is irrelevant everybody is open to this and there seems to be like panic fear but we do not live in fear of death the only way you can live in fear of death is by having a living hope one i will not die before my time that's why i said you can't just float around in this ocean called salvation you should be a ship sailing to its destination with purpose we are not on a cruise we are a battleship cruises are just most christians seems to be on a cruise we are not on cruise we are very clear and if you don't know your purpose you will die before your time let me tell you death will come on you as a surprise because you do not know your purpose and you are not prepared that's why we need to know our purpose therefore you are able bold, boldly say i shall not die but live and declare the works of the lord but if you do not know the works of the lord what are you going to declare and yet when it is over you are absolutely confidently able to say i finished my race i'm ready to go home my departure is near or like peter i'm putting my tent off because my time the lord has told me while the old old prophet uh, apostle john god says your time hasn't come yet you got more work to do write down write it down and send it to all the churches the book of revelation is given when he thought it is over it was not over okay so he's still hanging in over there so please understand why we look at these things is because we need to be prepared we need to be absolutely prepared know our purpose and be part of god's purpose in our lives so there let no one deceive you by any means for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first okay the first thing it says falling away now you can't fall unless you are standing people who are lying on the ground never fall they roll they don't fall okay so to fall you need to be standing meaning you need to be in the church some semblance of faith you need to be a christian whichever way you want to look at it you can't fall away how do you fall away because you are deceived you are deceived that's why the deception like in the kingdom in the outside it is blindness inside the kingdom it is deception that's why jesus kept on warning people his disciples be careful no one deceives you deceives you the man on the road cannot be deceived he's blinded he doesn't know where he's going he doesn't know where he's going okay so verse 4 for yeah let's finish verse 3 will not come unless a falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed the son of perdition so what is happening is when the falling away takes place simultaneously something else will take place what is happen the son of perdition is son of destruction the man of lawlessness is revealed you know it is simultaneously taking place meaning you see people people like i tell you if you look 
If you want to see the most evil people on earth, look into the Christian world. Those who have fallen away. Most of the evil wickedness in this world, which is sold to the other third world, comes from the West. You know where it comes from? From people who have fallen away from their faith. So when they are falling away, the same person is rising up as a son of perdition. And the most wicked, evil works around the world is done by the Freemasons. Outside they have good works, inside they are wicked, debauchery, the most wicked, evil people. Do you think it comes from the East? No, it comes from the West. Okay. From the West. No. Who consumes all the drugs? The West. Where does all the porn industry come from? The West. Where is gambling the biggest thing? The West. It is not the East. And what is West? We call it Christian. Christian. They are not Christian. They all have fallen away. Where all the deceptive doctrines of the devil, where does it come from? Oh, East has only religion. It has only re- and the religion has hardly changed. <laughs> Hinduism is still the same. Hinduism. Okay. Buddhism is still the same. Jainism is still the same. Islam is still the same. But from the West comes the doctrines of the devils. The demons. Why? Because when when men and women fall away from Christianity or Judaism, the two authentic religions, if you want to put it as a religion, what happens? The son of perdition is revealed. Revealed. It's revealed. So understand, it comes from there. And we buy it. And verse 6 to 8, who opposes, exalts himself above all that is called God. That is what is happening, actually. You know, you talk about a temple. So he sits as God in the temple of God. Now we know in the new covenant what the temple is. It is us. It is us. And we know the seat of God in us is our spirit, our heart. And you know who sits over there? Man sits over there. It's man who sits over there. It is not God. It is a man who sits. And the devil is okay. <laughs> because when the Antichrist comes, he will come as a man. Because when Christ came, he came as a man. The Antichrist also will come as a man. So there is this man inside who is the son of perdition, who will receive the Antichrist, who is the symbol of all perdition. They receive it. And if you look at it, when man is seated in the heart, what you have is not religion. What you have is an ism. Yes, yes, yes. Communism, socialism, humanism, Feminism, what is that? This man. Man seated in the temple as God. And he exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So he is showing himself that he is God. Because if you subscribe to an ism, you cannot talk to that person outside his ism. He will not accept. When it comes to that, he will say stop. Basically saying, I am God. You are not going to tell me how to do things. How to do things. They will use the name of God. But they are basically abusing the name of God. Okay? And what happens? Okay? For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. And you know now what is restraining? That he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he, H is capital, who now restraints will do so until he is taken out of the way. He says, what is happening is the Holy Spirit is slowly withdrawing. 
क्या विड्रॉइंग एंड एज द होली स्पिरिट इज विड्रॉइंग यू सी लॉलेसनेस बी मैनिफेस्टेड डोंट लुक एट द वर्ल्ड लुक एट द चर्च डोंट लुक एट द वर्ल्ड डोंट लुक एट द वर्ल्ड लुक एट द चर्च एज इज विड्रॉइंग पीपल बिकम मोर एंड मोर एंड मोर लॉलेस You cannot tell them. You cannot teach them. If you teach them, you have to teach them what they want to hear. That's why the scripture says they will gather teachers. They have itching ears, and you have scratching teachers. <laughs> oh, that's a good. That's a good title for a message one day. Itching ears and scratching teachers. You no, know? you know our babies, our little ones, and all. No, <laughs> daddy, it scratch. Then after that, you can't stop. No, don't stop. <laughs> don't stop. It feels so good. Okay, don't stop. Okay, and that is what we have practically from so many pulpits around the world. People with itching ears, and from the pulpit, scratching teachers, and they say it's so good. The message was so good, Pastor. You made my day. The message was so good. Okay, they came with an itch. The pastor scratched them nicely and sent them home happy. Okay, but that's what will happen. But the Holy Spirit is being slowly lifted, and the Holy Spirit is being lifted or restrained. He's a restrainer. The man becomes more and more and more lawless. Okay, and be very careful about it. Be very, very careful about it. And one of the things you see is that when the restraining power of the Holy Spirit is being lifted from the church, the church stops being an influence in this world. For the past so many hundreds of years, the voice in this world was the church. When the church spoke, nations listened. Constitutions were framed basically by the voice of the church. And the most powerful voice for the past two hundred years was the voice of America. The voice of America was strong because the pulpits were very, very strong, very, very strong. Now the restraining influence is being taken off, and pulpits have become a joke. They have become a joke. pulpits are preaching evil what god called it as an abomination they are preaching so the church has lost its voice as a voice of god in the world now it is more speaking like a voice of the enemy the voice of the enemy you know what all third world nations and all ultimately will turn and look at what are the the governments of the west doing and what are the rulings of the supreme court of us or the high courts in england and all say they look into that and the, our justices will use that as precedents okay so understand but what is happening over there the spirit of god is withdrawing remember this is what happened to those five foolish virgins when the midnight hour the knock came they found they had no oil the restraining influence of the holy spirit was gone in their lives the spirit who prepares you for that day and hour was not there they had the lamp the doctrine was good but they had no oil they were totally unprepared on that hour when this came because the holy spirit who wants you the watchman in our heart we have a watchman in our heart it is the holy spirit he didn't speak because you had quenched the spirit so in the thessalonian paul will want to say don't quench the holy spirit okay So if you turn with me now to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 50 to 52 Now this I say brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God 
nor does corruption inherit in corruption. So we cannot walk in the flesh. We have to walk in the spirit. Because if you walk in the flesh, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. It will just come upon you unawares. And corruption does not inherit in corruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. All of us will not sleep, meaning all of us will not die. When the trumpet blows, quite a few of believers will be alive. But we shall all be changed. So everyone who is writing these letters lives in anticipation. Christ will come in my day. That's the only way you can live. Oh, Christ is not going to come in my generation. Maybe your generation, you know what. So I will repent just before I die. God says no. Each generation lives in the light of Christ coming. Okay, yeah. In a moment, in the tingling of an eye, and at the last trumpet. Okay, there is a trumpet. Will be the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So you see, the, this analogy of these trumpets goes through the Bible. So it is not pertaining to the Israelites. We also, our ears need to be very, very tuned to the last trumpet. Okay? If it's in our generation, if it's in our time, the last trumpet will blow in a twinkling of an eye, we will be changed. In a twinkling of an eye. And if we did not hear that trumpet, because this is spiritual, we'll be left behind to the mercy of the Antichrist. Then if you want to come through, you have to be a tribulation saint. You'll come. You'll have to die. You'll have to die. Or survive. Whichever way. It will be literally hell on earth. Hell on earth. Hell on earth. So there is a trumpet. And our ears have to be tuned to the trumpet. So of all the judges, 12 or 13 or 14, judges in the book of Judges, this one judge who was a watchman. One was a farmer. Shamgar was a farmer. Deborah was a housewife. Okay. Samson, nobody knows. Even Samson doesn't know what he was. Okay. So all kinds of judges are there. But we know one judge, the presumption, what we can assume from the evidence is that he was a watchman. He was one who blew the trumpet. Now, if you go to First Thessalonians chapter 5, 4, verses 15 to 18. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. This is what I said. There are certain things which we will not understand about eternity. Okay, Meaning we, there are millions who have died. And let us imagine we are the ones, generation, and May the 21st, 2021. 21, 2021, rapture takes place. Okay? <laughs> you, know, you know, children are very happy. If you tell them 21st, with you, one thing they will say, oh, I don't have to study anymore. <laughs> That is their relief. Oh, thank you. I don't have to study anymore. Okay. And, uh, but that's not the point. Okay. If it were to take tomorrow, God says, you will not go before the ones who died. Everybody will be at the same time. We don't understand it, but the only way I can explain it is that everybody will get their body at the same time. Those who have gone before us haven't got their bodies. Those who are waiting haven't got their bodies. Everybody gets their bodies at the same time. 
Okay, that is when the imperfect will be made perfect, according to Hebrews chapter 11. So, yeah, proceed, yeah. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. There is a trumpet there. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. Caught up together with them in the clouds. That is where you get the word rapture. Latin, it is rapture. Okay, that's it. There's no word called rapture in the Bible. But where do you get the concept about rapture? It's from this. To meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with this word. So, rapture is real. It is coming. It is happening. It is going to happen. So, how do we comfort ourselves in the middle of all of it? We will say, you know what? Either I die and go to be with the Lord, or I will be caught up in the clouds, and I will escape all this. People comforted each other. Okay? So the doctrine of rapture is a very comforting doctrine if you are prepared. Okay? So there are stages. If you look at, if you study eschatology, I'm not an expert, but simple way I'm trying to explain. One of the simple things Jesus said is that it is, his coming will be secret. Meaning that it's not for the world. He's coming for the church. Okay. So he uses a term in the Bible popularized by the movie called Thief in the Night. Okay. Nobody knows when the thief will come. Nobody knows. If you knew he wouldn't be coming in the night, he will get beaten up in the night. Okay. Like a thief in the unexpected. Totally unexpected. And when he comes, all who rise, Everybody who rises with him. Okay. John chapter 14. Let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, that you may be also. The first thing is, he's coming to take his people home. Is coming to take his people home. Second thing, the people who go home, Second Corinthians 5.10. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. This is not for the world, this is for his people. Judgment. Okay. You will be give, getting your rewards. The mark sheets will be given that day. <laughs> That is why the Bible says books will be opened. All the mark sheets, answer paper, scripts will be coming. We do not realize every day we are answering questions and mark, what you call grading is taking place over there. You will know your GPA that day. <laughs> On that day you will stand before God and you will get your rewards for what he has done, whether good or bad. Okay, The works which he had prepared for us before the foundation of the world. Third thing that will happen after that, second Revelation 19, verses 7. Then he said, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Then he said to me, these are the true sayings of life. Uh, yeah. Then he said, blessed are those who are called. It was 7 to 10. Okay, you put only 9 and 10. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. Okay, the third thing that will happen is that there is going to be a huge wedding in heaven. Okay, that's why weddings are always big on earth. Doesn't matter which culture it is. Why is wedding so big? Where do people get all these pictures from? Even alien cultures have big weddings. Why? Big, fat weddings. Indian weddings are big and fat. Where do you get it from? But the biggest, fattest wedding you're going to see is in heaven. Okay. And his wife has made herself ready. Okay. Let me get the concept from. Okay. The bridegroom is always ready. Have you noticed at all our weddings? He's ready. He dressed simply. Hardly anybody now looks at him. You know. <laughs> but, okay. The bride has to make herself ready. Okay. To her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is a righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his worship. Okay, that's okay. This is the spirit of prophecy. So basically what is God saying? The third thing that will happen is there, there is going to be a wedding. There is a bride and then those who are invited. Okay, there's the bride and those who are invited. Let us somehow get into that list. At least invitation list. If you cannot make it to the bride, Lord, at least I want if okay. While what is happening on earth, while all these things are happening in heaven, the reign of the Antichrist has begun. The seven year reign of the Antichrist has begun. If you go by one school, three and a half years is kind of nice. And three and the second half, three and a half, he will let loose his wrath on all those who do not accept his lordship. Okay. So these are, during that time you have a series of judgments of God, which is called the wrath of the lamb. The wedding of the lamb, of the supper on one side, the wrath of the lamb on the other side. And at the end of it, Jesus Christ will come with his angelic hosts and his saints. Okay. This time it won't be secret. This time. First time it will be secret because he's coming for his girl. It's coming for the girl. It's like, it's, let us say it's like eloping. <laughs> he quietly comes and runs away with this girl. And nobody has any idea when they look, the girl is gone. Okay. They're searching. Nowhere is the girl to be found. Okay. A rigid marriage takes place in heaven. Okay. They disappeared. But second time when he comes back with his girl, the whole world will know. Matthew 24 and verse 27. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. Verse 29 to 31. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, so it is post-tribulation, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, powers of heavens will be shaken, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So there is still the elect. These are the tribulation saints. They have been hidden. 
There will be Jewish believers and the other believers, I believe, who missed the rapture. They will you know. These are the, the, the St. Thomas Christians, not Thomas Christians by talking about Malu Christians. But St. Thomas said, I will only believe if I see. So a lot of Christians will believe and dedicate after rapture takes place. Because now they have seen. Okay. So how do we differentiate between these two appearances? Rapture takes place on the air. It just comes part of the way and the cloud goes up in the, the, the church goes up in the air. But the second coming of Jesus Christ in this case, the glorious appearance takes place on earth. He will come down and he will step down in Israel and he will step down on the Mount of Olives in this and he will come there. That is the fight over Israel. You need to realize why is this fight over this small piece of real estate. It is so small. Israel is so little small. And that temple mount is just a temple mount. Okay, why are they fighting over it? We need to ask us. I mean, honestly, you have this huge green swath of land. Or green in the sense of Muslim flag. All around. Can't you build one somewhere else? Why are you fighting over this place? You need to realize it's got nothing to do with Islam. It's got to do with the spirit behind it. There's a spirit behind it. Spirit behind it. It is the spirit of the Antichrist. And you see all nations, people marching in the streets of Europe and Britain and America for not Israel. Against Israel. What is the spirit? Of course, they will bring human rights. What is the spirit behind it? It's the spirit of the Antichrist. The spirit of the Antichrist. The Antichrist doesn't want Delhi, New York, Washington, London. No, he wants to be crowned in Jerusalem. Okay, Because he knows scripture very well. He knows Christ is king of Jerusalem. And from there he will rule over the whole world. And he wants a Jerusalem. He wants to be crowned as king in Jerusalem. That is a fight over Jerusalem. Because there are better cities and better nations if you term in terms of every other parameter. There are greater cities and greater nations and more prosperous, more green and more developed. Devil wants Jerusalem. And he will fight for Jerusalem. And he will turn all nations against Jerusalem. So please understand, we are looking at prophetic pictures playing out before. So rapture takes place in the air. The church goes. But the glorious appearance of Jesus Christ, he comes down to earth. Okay? In rapture, believers go to the from earth to heaven. When Jesus comes a second time, believers come from heaven to earth. The saints, the overcomers. I don't believe everybody. Okay? In rapture, Christ takes the bride for her reward. In the glorious appearance, Christ comes to judge the earth. Rapture, if you read this script, seems to be before the revelation. Though there are people who talk about mid-revelation rapture and post-revelation rapture. Though I don't understand what's the point of post-revelation rapture. Okay. While the glorious appearance of Jesus Christ where the whole world sees seems to be after the tribulation. Okay. It's all connected with the trumpets. The whole idea is that we listen to the trumpet. Tune your ears to understand the different sounds of the trumpet. Because the pulpit is a trumpet. The purpose of the pulpit is the trumpet. The purpose of the servant of God is to be watchman. 
those who watch over your souls. So the trumpet will make different sounds. And your ears have to be prepared to discern those sounds. The book of, like I said, the book of Revelation is full of trumpets. And Christ, through John, gives seven letters to seven churches. Okay? can read it separately, study it separately, get his lessons separately. But for me, I'm not a scholar in that, but this is how I do it. For me, when I look at the first four churches and the last three churches seem to be different. Okay? The last three churches, I believe, is playing out in the last days. The picture. The last three churches. If you look at Sardis, it's a dead church. Revelation 3. And to the angel of the church in Sardis, write, These things says he who has seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember therefore how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief. And you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names even in Sardis who have not defiled their garments and they shall walk with me in white for they are worthy. For me Sardis represents the huge mainline churches. They have a reputation. They are alive. Big buildings, big programs, but they are dead. But even in them, there are a few God says, who have not soiled. There are saved people in them who are faithful, who give their tithes regularly, who pray, who fast, who do. But they are there, inside there. It's a Catholic monolith or the Protestant monolith. There are a few inside that. But overall, God looks at them and says, you know what, you have a reputation. Like if you ask the government of India, what is the church in India? They'll say the Catholic church. <laughs> they don't know the other churches. For them, church is Catholic church. But it is dead. It's a reputation. Before man, it is alive. But actually it is dead. If it was alive, this country would have been different. If it was alive, this country would have been different. Because you take practically anybody from any state, they all went through these schools and their colleges and came out untouched. Why? Because they were dead. They, they trained people, educated people, put them in high positions, but absolutely untouched by Christ. Why? Because they have a reputation, they are dead. Alive, but they are dead. Meaning, there was no voice of the trumpet in them. Neither from the pulpit, nor the people sitting here. Their ears were never... I was there for so many years, 18, 19 years of my life, whenever I went at least. Nothing there. It was fun. 40 minutes, it is done. That's if you go to, I mean, Kerala, I had to go to the, the Syrian church. It was an ordeal. Two hours. Choir carpet, no chairs. Kneel down, get up. Kneel down, get up. My knees used to hurt. Then I heard this thing, I think it's somewhere, I don't know who I heard it from. My, my brother's who studied in the boarding in the other Catholic, the Jesuits, this thing and all. So they said, there's another Catholic church over there. Okay, One is Syriac, the other is Latin. If you go over there, 
It's only 40 minutes. So even there, the caste system came in. Syrian were the ones who St. Thomas converts. So we went there. But the other one is for the converted Christians. So then he's smiling. She understands what it is. Okay. So that is that is in Latin. One is in Syriac. Anyway, people understand neither language until it was finally translated. Otherwise, it was like the same thing. You go to a temple, they say Sanskrit. Nobody understand anything. We went to church. They spoke in Syriac. We understood nothing. Or you go to the other place. They spoke in Latin. You understood nothing. But you felt good. It was all feeling. It is like young people used to when we were young. We used to listen to English music. Understood nothing, but felt good. You don't with the smile over there, so you understand all the words and all. All listening with headphones and English, so you understand nothing. But you feel good. You know what? I am with the in crowd. So 40 minutes, it was over. We had a reputation. We were Christians. But we were dead. Absolutely dead. Absolutely dead. Okay? There was no sound of the trumpet there. There was no watchman. There were no watchmen. Literally, no watchmen. Spiritually, no watchman. I told you, literally, no watchman. My first experience in the Catholic Church is where they stole my new sandals. <laughs> I kept it outside when I came out. My sandals had gone. And somebody left his old slippers over there. I went and told the priest. The priest said, what can I do? The next day, he made a message out of my sandals. Second service onwards, second Sunday onwards, I sat very close to the door. One eye on my new pair of chapels. It's not like you kids and all, you don't understand. You see, your parents are 3,000 miles away. They come once a year. You don't lose stuff. You simply don't lose your pen. You don't lose your, you don't lose your textbook. That is a nightmare to lose your textbook. It comes only once a year. You don't get a second textbook. You don't lose your pen. You don't lose anything. So to lose, for a 13-year-old, 12-year-old boy to lose your sandals is a tragedy. Because you see, I will tell you why it is why it is funny. Because if you want to go to church in our Indian costume, you know the white one, feel good, no, feel good, and you go in that. So sandals is for that. School you have shoes, but you can't wear that and shoes. Everybody in the church is in the Indian costume, and you lost your sandals, so you have to wear shoes and trousers. You are the odd one out. And all the ones at your age look at you and they laugh at you. How come you are in trousers? These were our tribulations when we were unsaved in the church. So you had a reputation of being alive, but you were dead. You know why? Because there was no sound of the trumpet. I never, ever heard a salvation message. Never. To be saved. And I understand why they couldn't speak it. Because when I was eight days old, they sprinkled water over me and said, you're baptized and saved. So already if they declare you are saved, how do they preach to you about being saved? That you need to repent. You need to turn to Christ. The Holy Spirit convicts you. You make a confession. You believe in your heart. Nothing happened. So you had a reputation. You were alive. But you were actually dead. What was the reason? There was no Gideon. No watchman. No trumpet. That's the tragedy of Sardis. Yes, and then you come to Philadelphia, the second church. Okay, I know your works, 3.8. I see, I have said before you, an open door. And no one can shut it, for you have very little strength. 
and have kept my word and not denied my name. You see, in this church, they had the trumpet. The word was declared. See, you cannot keep the word unless it is declared. The word was declared. And those who received it kept the word. And they did not deny their name. They understood the significance of the name of Jesus Christ. They knew they had been given a name and they had hallowed that name. That's the Lord's prayer. Hallowed be thy name. How do we hallow that name? We've been given that name. We've been baptized in that name. And the word of God teaches you how to glorify that name. And in our life, we bring glory to that name. So this is the church, Philadelphia. The trumpet was loud in that church. It was very clear in that church. It did not make a sound that could not, the congregation could not understand. Because the pastor, the priest, or the shepherd, whoever it is, he heard clearly. And he taught clearly. And he was, the, 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 the shepherd has to be led. He has to hear first. The honest is not upon the sheep. The honest is first on the shepherd to hear. And he passes on. So the, I think, uh, it is, uh, first, uh, uh, Corinthians 14, 8. First Corinthians 14, 8. <clears throat> I didn't give it. First Corinthians 14, 8. If the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? Who will prepare for battle? The trumpet has to make a very certain sound. See, you can be confused. If I am confused, then our church become a mass of confusion. I cannot be confused. Pastor Vijay cannot be confused. Our job is to get confusion out. But for that, I have to hear. That is why the seven letters are not written to the church. It is written to the pastors. An indictment is upon the pastors. The pulpit has to make a very certain sound. And the Philadelphia, whoever the pastor is, the church of Philadelphia as a literal church, and as a picture of how churches should be down the centuries, the pastor hears very clearly and he makes a very certain sound. He teaches clearly, prepares. After that, it's in the hands of the people, whether they want to be prepared or not. He says, yeah, going back, verse 11, yeah. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole earth. What is that? Tribulation. If you want to look at that picture. To test those who dwell on the the hour of trial is coming upon the whole earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have. No one may take yours. They are the people who will cry out, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Come quickly, come quickly, come quickly. But what does he say? He says, I will keep you from that. I will keep you from that. How? Because in verse 8, right? I didn't give you verse 8. Yeah. Thank you. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door. What is this open door in this context? It's the door of rapture. I've kept a door for you, an open door. That's for you. You will come through it. Don't worry. Stay firm. Stay faithful. Persevere till the end. A door. He who endures till the end shall be saved. Saved from what? Am I not saved? Yeah, you're saved. Saved from what? From tribulation. From the wrath of the Lamb. The wrath of the Antichrist. You shall be saved from it. An open door for you. Why? Because you heard the trumpet sound. You heard the voice of the Spirit. You prepared accordingly. That's why I said all these things should not create panic. Panic. The, the, 
the sorrow is to see people dying without knowing Christ. And Christians should not die unprepared. They should be ready to go. That's fine, I'm good. I'm ready to go. My work is over. Whichever way I want to go, I'm fine. Heart attack, die in your sleep, breathlessness, anything. I'm, I'm okay. I'm good with it. But should not die unwarned, unprepared. Because if God is the God of the Bible and he comes and tells Isaiah to tell Hezekiah, put your house in order because you're going to die. He's the same God. He will tell you. He will tell me and me. You know, Don't die unprepared. He's a father. Right? Don't you... You parents, we parents being evil, don't we give our children good things? Don't you all tell your children at least one month before final exam, prepare, prepare, exam is coming. Don't you give warning? Wake up early. Why are you not studying? You come and check. Don't you do it? How much more of a God in heaven? Is he going to just knock us off without warning? I mean, what pleasure does he get from it? He, he hates death. He does not even get joy in the death of the wicked. Judgment is something which he dislikes doing. But he has to do it because he's holy and righteous. So he's not going to knock anybody off without warning. Our problem is, when he warns us, can I hear? Can we hear? There are warnings God gives us. Can we hear? Is the question. Are our ears tuned? Okay. There's a promise. Right? There's a promise. I will keep an open door for you. So there is a church in the last days which is huge, big, monolithic, dead, but has a reputation it is alive. There's another one which seems to be much, much, much smaller, very weak, doesn't have much strength, but is faithful. It's a faithful church. Right? It's a faithful church. A dead church, a faithful church. When you come to the last one in that group, it is Laodicea. I know your works. That you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were called cold or hot. And can I have 16 also? I didn't give 16. No. Neither. I wish you were cold or hot. But because you are lukewarm. So then because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot. This is a compromising church. I will vomit you out of my mouth. So if God vomits you out, instead of taking you in, he spits you out. Where do you go into? Tribulation. You go into tribulation. So large chunk from Sardis, almost all of Laodicea will go into tribulation. Don't pride we are Philadelphia. You could be in any of these three camps. Anyone who thinks he stands, beware lest he falls. Okay? Lest he falls. So none of us really know where we are. But the thing is that the warnings have been given. The warnings happen. He said to the Laodicean church, he says, you're absolutely blind. <laughs> you're blind. You're wretched. You're poor. You're naked. You have no clue of your spiritual status at all. Okay. He says, I will spew you out into tribulation. So Gideon is the trumpet here. He blows the trumpet. The people gather. God sifts the group. Sardis, go. Lavadisha, go. Then ultimately he's left with 300. Philadelphia. Again you get three over there. Okay? 300 left. And these are the ones who are ready, prepared for battle. They are ready. Okay? Ezekiel 33, 2-7. Son of man, speak to the children of your people. 
and say to them, When I bring the sword upon a land, the people of the land take a man from their territory, make him their watchman. When he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning. If the sword comes upon, yeah, comes and takes him away, his blood, no, it's fine, his blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet but did not take warning, his blood shall be upon himself. But he who takes warning will save his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, the people are not warned. And the sword comes and takes any person from among them. He is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. He says, son of man, he tells you, you know, I made you a watchman over Israel, a watchman over a church, or a group of churches. He said, you have to hear my word from my mouth. That is why the warnings in the book of Revelation, all those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit is speaking. That's why the Bible says, test all the spirits, but don't stifle, quench prophecies. It's a warning that goes, the word of God is prophetic. It's a warning. It's a warning. The word of God is revelation. It's revelatory. It is profitable for doctrine, but it has to go beyond doctrine to go into now. Faith is always now. So the Bible says the watchman has to hear from God's mouth and warn the people. Warn the people. Warn the people. And Jeremiah and all were watchmen. And the prophet, like Pastor Vidya was saying yesterday, people do not like the prophetic. They like the false prophetic. They don't like the genuine prophetic. Makes them uncomfortable. That's why all the prophets were killed. Most of them were killed. And they were not killed by Gentiles. They were killed by the Jews. They were not killed by the Gentiles. They were killed by the Christians. The prophetic voice is shut by the Christians. We don't want to hear anything. Don't tell us that. So it is written, like the seven letters are written to the pastors because they are watchmen. Okay. So if the trumpet blows, the last trumpet blows, and suddenly the Lord comes. What happens to us? 1 John 2.28 Now little children, abide in him, stay in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. He said you should be confident. See, God always talk about this boldness and confidence. How do you develop this confidence for the day of his coming? By being bold to go into his presence daily. Intimacy is developed. Come boldly, confidently to the throne room of grace. Receive mercy and grace. Your prayer life ultimately will decide who you are. Personal prayer life. You go regularly, absolutely confidently. You know you have gone. You know he has heard. You come back in peace. You know what? You're very confident. Very, very confident of his coming. On that day, confident not to be ashamed before him at his coming. While on the other hand, those who are not, Matthew 24, yeah. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear and all the tribes of the earth will mourn. They're mourning. Terrified, grieving when they see the Son of Man coming. Revelation 1-7, Behold, is coming with clouds. Every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of earth shall Mourn because of him. Even so, amen. 
He made sure let it be. Because people had their want, so they did not take. Now he suddenly comes. Everybody is wailing. Okay. Matthew 24, 31. And he will send his. These are the tribulation saints. Okay. He will gather them. They are hidden. God knows where his people are. Even the Antichrist may not be able to find them out. Right, right now, you have the most intrusive government ever in human history is the Chinese government. But the church is still hidden. Millions are hidden. They cannot find them. They cannot track them. They cannot get them. They cannot. So it does not matter what. I mean, God can blind demons. They do not see. God can blind systems and everything where they do not see. So he will, even the tribulation scenes, he will protect them. The Jews who turned, the Messianic Jews who turned during that season, they will, he will protect them. God knows where they are hidden. If you look at 1 Kings 18 verse 13, was it not reported to my Lord, this is Obadiah, what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord, how I hid 100 men of the Lord's prophets, 50 to a cave and fed them with bread and water. The next one, 18. 10? Oh, no, not 18, sorry. 19, 10, and 13. This is Elijah on Mount Horeb. I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. He's talking to God. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left. They seek to take my life. And verse 18, not 13, verse 18. Yet, God says, I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, every mouth that has not kissed. So there are three groups there. One is Elijah, who is raptured. There are 100 hidden in the caves, and 7,000, nobody knows who they are. Three groups there also. The 7,000 were fearful. The 100 were compromised, represented by Obadiah. He will serve God and eat Ahab at the same time. Who is he? Ahab's servant. But who does he worship? Yahweh, the compromised. And 7,000, the fearful. Nobody even knows. Only God knows. The fearful, the compromised, and Elijah, a symbol of who is taken alive. So everywhere, God knows his people. They are hidden. Elijah thinks I am the only one. God says no. There are 7,000 others. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. But are they raptured? No. Are the 100 prophets raptured? No. Who is raptured? Elijah is raptured. Okay, so these symbolic pictures are given over there to tell us, you know, that it matters. These things matters. So for 2000 years, every generation has lived in the light of hearing the trumpet. Right? So you have Gideon over there. And you have every generation, you have Gideons who blew the trumpet, who taught their people, who prepared them. And they were ready. Jesus did not come, but they all died in faith. We call them, they fall asleep in Christ. Okay? So we saw in the beginning, if you notice, if you saw in the beginning, the four primary purposes, calling of an assembly, right? When the trumpet is blown, those who are prepared will be assembled in the cloud and taken. We saw it's a proclamation of victory. When the church is taken, 
it doesn't go with a whimper it goes in victory it's a proclamation of the victory of the believing church over the world it's a trumpet blow of warnings of the judgments that is going to be poured on the earth and fourth you will see at the end the saints and the angels will be summoned for the final battle so all trumpet calls okay Matthew 24:44 what should be our response Therefore you also be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect we can only be ready we don't know when he will come always prepared always prepared Our response 1 Corinthians 16:22 If anyone does not love the Lord Jesus Christ let him be accursed Oh Lord come Maranatha come Lord Jesus Christ meaning if you do not love the Lord in that way waiting and preparing literally waiting for his coming let him be cursed what is that curse go through tribulation tribulation is not joy even if you come through tribulation it's a curse the whole book of revelation final is basically even when the book of revelation ends if you look at 22 verse 16 and 17 i jesus have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the church i am the root and the offspring of david the bright and the morning star and the spirit and the bride say come to the cry of the spirit and the bride is one the prepared church what do they say not wait come come the cry is come and what is jesus response verse 20 He who testifies to these things says surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so come Lord Jesus. Okay? So the entire picture of the trumpet we need to understand about Gideon. That's why I said Gideon is a very special character in the Bible. He's a watchman. He's a watchman and he blows the trumpet. The problem is at his first trumpet 32,000 came. But at the end only 300 were there. and we need to be see like last sunday or last whenever we have said christ 300 it's a symbolic number as a close five six minutes okay my son coming for prayer today so i'll extend a little okay uh, the first letter written in the bible new covenant they say it's a letter to thessalonians first letter written it's not romans not corinthians the first letter written is first thessalonians you know why because people were petrified about this rapture thing about this rapture. i will tell you two real incidents <coughs> it's funny there was a man who was a believer in a company okay in a company water wear water manufacturing company and he always is to like you know talk to people and he always is to tell i am very scared lord if you suddenly come don't leave me behind One day when he went out when he came back after lunch all the others including non-christians all decided to pull a prank on him what did they do was that they all left their overalls like that and everybody was hiding this man walked in and he looked at this he had a heart attack and they had to take him to hospital he literally had a heart attack and they had to take him to a hospital and the was was a church uh, what they call retreat 
and the supervisor of the church retreat had gone to town and all the people decided to play a prank what they did was that they did the same thing they all kept their clothes over there and the lake was there and the lake they put it on whatever mode they put it and the lake empty was going the in that boat was going round and round everybody this man comes back he walks in not a sound not a peep and just his clothes and a boat going around with clothes he panicked and he cried he wept and then the people came out like okay so you need to write right understand the first letter in the bible is written to people to make people confident you know what you don't have to panic you can be prepared okay can be prepared so if you look at first thessalonians it has five chapters the first chapter revelation i didn't give it to you yeah 9 and 10 for themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you how you turned to god from idols to serve the living and true god and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead even jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come okay the first chapter ends with the motivation to get saved because he is coming he is coming so get saved turn from your idols to the living god because you don't know either death or christ is coming okay second chapter verse 19 oh, what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing is it not even you in the presence of our lord jesus christ at his call motivation to win souls he says you know what when the twinkling of an eye takes place suddenly you will realize jesus will say dipika tom did how many did you share the gospel it will be shown it will be shown everybody whether they witness whether they brought souls into the god that is how your rewards are going to be counted what did you do for the extension of my kingdom it will be shown and he said what is our hope And rapture takes place. We are not worrying about the wrath of God. Paul says, "We our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing. What is it? You in the presence." So the second coming of Jesus Christ. One is get saved. Second, for those who are saved, it is the motivation to win others to Christ. Okay, it's all connected with the trumpet. And three, that He may establish your hearts. blameless in holiness before our god and father at the coming of our lord jesus christ with all his saints what is that it brings stability because you follow holiness it brings stability so you don't panic when things happen you're stable you're stable stability is established if jesus were to come tomorrow you don't panic if jesus were to come 2 years from now you don't panic if you were to come t- you are stable in your walk Okay, so the second coming of Jesus Christ, the last trumpet that is blown, or the trumpet that is blown, and we, it brings stability. It causes you to get saved. It causes you to win others. It brings stability into your life. Chapter four, verses sixteen to eighteen. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. and we who are alive remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the lord in the air and thus we shall always be with the lord therefore comfort one another with this word it brings you comfort this time people have lost their loved ones 
So how do you comfort them? Just temporarily. One day we're going to be there forever and ever. See, they have only gone before you. We are not separated for eternity. So the second coming of Jesus Christ is a source of comfort for those who are living while others have fallen asleep in Christ Jesus. So you get saved. You win souls. It's your, it's your motivation. It brings stability in your walk and also gives comfort to those who are living whose loved ones have died in the Lord. So you have to be very, very careful about this. That causes you to get into your prayer closet and pray for those who are not saved. Do not say it. Nobody should die unsaved. It's the most terrible thing that can happen in life. And the fifth one, and the final one there. <clears throat> now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Make your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful who will also do it. So the Bible says, if we go to him, he is faithful. At the coming of Jesus Christ, we will be presented to the Father as blameless. Spirit, soul, and body. The faithfulness of Christ to present ourselves. Sanctified. All three. Our spirit, soul, and our body. We were sanctified. We were found blameless. <clears throat> Let me continue for another two minutes. Okay, because we'll finish this. First Thessalonians 4 and verses 15 and 16. So please remember the five, five points in the first letter written to man, new covenant letter, is to prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And again, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Something strange is happening. Everybody will be taken together. Okay, but verse 16 is the key. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God. So there are three sounds. There is a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and there is a trumpet. So there are three sounds which only those who are being taken will hear. The world will not hear. Three sounds. There is a shout. And the dead in Christ will rise first. <clears throat> we, know, we understand that. How do we understand that when we look at Jesus one of his final miracles. He comes to the tomb of Lazarus, <coughs> remove the stone, and he shouts, Lazarus, come out, and the dead in Christ will rise. There will be a shout. Okay, The Lord himself will descend from the heaven with a shout. This is a shout of the Lord. <coughs> and he gave a picture of it as in Lazarus, outside Lazarus' grave. He will shout, and all those who fell asleep in Christ, with the hope, a genuine hope, or waking up at the shout will come out. They will rise from the dead. Second, <clears throat> with the voice of an archangel. An archangel is like an angel, top angel with so many angels underneath him. He's like a battalion commander, core commander he is. Okay, so if you look at Hebrews 1 and verse 14, are they all not ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? The presumption is, assumption is, whenever a person gets saved, an angel is assigned to him and her. <coughs> so all of us have angels. Okay, All of us have angels. Please don't misunderstand that the angels have God's capacity. They don't have. So when the angel, if you go back there, when the Angel makes that sound, okay, 
with when the archangel makes that voice all the angels of those who are living and prepared will tell you time to go in the twinkling of an eye you will see your angel who was with you all the days of your life time to go okay time to go on the third one with a trumpet of god what is the trumpet for for the assembling of the saints from all around the world the saints will all be assembled in the same place and go okay okay so it, the trumpet is not a small thing it's a big thing <clears throat> it will be a reunion for ever and ever and ever okay so like i said in the first trumpet 32000 came at the final picture you have 300 and each had a trumpet each had a trumpet so you know what we look in terms of a church <clears throat> let us say i blow the trumpet at the end of the day everyone has become a watchman each one is watching over their souls they have understood they got the teaching they have understood and each one is watching over their souls or let us say our gtc hyderabad has 32000 members on the day there are 301 if i am luckily included 301 who have become watchmen who watched over their own souls that's why paul tells timothy you can watch others and lose yourself i can teach others and be disqualified watch yourself and watch your own life okay so 301 are the rest have to go through tribulation final words for today revelation 16 verse 15 <clears throat> behold i am coming as a thief blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments lest he walk naked and they see his shame talking about righteousness walking the bride had made herself ready and what was fine linen was given to her okay so when the bride comes she won't be naked she'll be covered okay covered you see even if you go in your underclothes they will say you are you are naked okay so the first righteousness is like your what you call in the english bodice you now what you wear under your wedding gown you know that that is the righteousness of christ over that you need to have your works of righteousness if you just come in with the righteousness of christ and when all the others are in flowing garments you will look naked among them you you will feel naked <laughs> you will feel naked remember in that wedding feast everybody was given garments and one fellow was dressed differently got to cast him out okay cast him out so he says blessed is he who watches I come as a thief unexpected and keeps his garments lest he walk naked and they see his shame so god is telling us through gideon you know what listen carefully apply it carefully learn to hear on your own the voice of the spirit voice of the spirit okay learn to know it's very very important very very important shall i give you one more Genesis 1 2 and 
The earth was moved without form and void, and the darkness was on the face of the earth. The Spirit of God was hovering or moving over the face of the water. And the Lord said, let there be light. You know what it means? Simple for all of us. If the Spirit doesn't move, and I don't move with the Spirit, God will not speak into my life. He will not speak into my life. That's why God says, be careful about the Spirit. If the Spirit doesn't move, God won't speak. I will speak. God won't speak. God won't speak. Okay. The Spirit is moving. And then God speaks. The Spirit doesn't move. God doesn't speak. They all work together. The Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit works together. So when the Spirit moves over our lives, God will speak. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Don't move against the Holy Spirit. So when the trumpet blows, keep preparing yourself. We do not fear either the pandemic or what's happening in Israel. We pray for Israel. We pray for Israel. We pray for God's people. They should not go through. We pray for the other side too. One side is blinded. These people are semi-blinded. We pretend we see. One has a whale. The other side has scales. And we pretend we see. But I think we see better than both groups. You know, we pray for the Palestinians. We pray for Israel. You know, they are should be reconciled in Christ. Nothing is going to change until. So both groups will cry when they see Jesus coming. Ayo, what did we do? You are the one. We are fighting over a piece of rock while you are the one. And this was the temple. Okay, so this morning we'll close with prayer. And we will not fear. One thing I keep telling you, do not fear. Do not fear. Do not panic. The purpose of the pandemic is to cause panic. Don't panic. Okay. And don't jump ahead of eschatology and say Jesus is coming because Gaza is burning. No, he's not. It doesn't fit in with the exact timeline yet. But be prepared. Every day, like I said, is a gift. Every day is a gift. The saddest sight in India, the saddest sight in India is in India for Indians, the, our Hindu brethren, the holiest river is floating with dead bodies. It just shows you how religion fails. Probably at night, if you have a satellite picture, all you see is funeral pyres, flames going from everywhere. The pictures are heart-wrenching. Not because of death. Because death will come to everybody. It's not because of death. But people are dying because people do not know Christ. And you know why? Because we didn't hear the trumpet sound. We were not zealous for the saving of souls. We did not get into our closets and cry out for it. We cried out for many things. All perishable commodities. Marriage and prosperity and success and promotion and good health and wealth. We cried out for everything else except Lord save souls. Honestly, we need to ask ourselves this question. What is my hope at the presence of Christ coming? What is my hope? Paul looks at the rights of Thessalonian church. You are my hope of glory. You, he tells Thessalonian church. What is our hope? Can we name one person? Two? We cannot save 
but we can witness. We cannot heal, but we can pray. We cannot deliver, but we can speak in the name of Jesus. We have to do what we have to do. And God will do what only he can do. But we will be held accountable for not doing what we could have done. For not witnessing. For not praying. For not casting out. For not believing. Oh Father, I pray today. We will see this pandemic. It's a huge opportunity for the believing church to rise and say, Believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You and your household shall be saved. That even if you die, you shall live. And there will be a day when the trumpet will blow. And we will all be there together forever. No death, no disease, no sickness, no sorrow, no pain, no grief. At this time, we do not have to be ashamed. We can be bold and be confident. Touch, Lord, touch, touch hearts of believers, of children within the house of God. That we will be zealous for your cause. But is there not a cause? Yes, Lord, there is a cause. The reason and the purpose Christ came and died for us. That's the cause. For it is not the will of God that any man may should perish. But all should come to the knowledge. Oh Christ Jesus, I speak and I pray for salvation. I pray for healing. Pray for healing. Black fungus is nothing. We don't magnify black fungus. We magnify the name of Jesus. And we cast out that infirmity in the name of Jesus. And we declare with hope for those who are there. If you believe, declare. Will you hear the voice of the trumpet? Clear in your ears, you shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. If your work is not over, then declare what the Lord tells you. Speak it out. Because the word that can save you is very close to you. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, your word says you will be saved. I pray ears will be opened for people who are lying in the sick beds. They will hear clearly. What the Lord is saying. Oh Lord, all those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying now to them. Now. That they shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. And those who have been praying in their closets for years and years for loved ones, let them hear. Yes, I've heard your prayer. They shall not be lost. They shall be saved. There's nothing more important, Lord. Everything else is irrelevant. The only thing that matters is the salvation of souls. That's we put up there first in our list, Lord. And for those who have lost their loved ones, they fell asleep in Christ, the word of the Lord gives you comfort. It's temporary. It's just temporary. If your dear one has slept in the Lord, it's temporary. Very soon the last trumpet will blow and we'll be all together, never to be separated again. The trumpet sound will be a sound of comfort. Oh, Father, prepare us, Lord. Help people to turn from the idols to the living God. Because soon you will come to judge the quick and the dead. 
for rapture will be judgment. Speak your life. Touch Lord. Heal Lord. Save Lord. Deliver Lord. And above all Lord, the people who are saved, protect us Lord from every attack of the enemy. Whether it is the mind through deception or the body through disease, protect your children. Let everyone become a watchman, Lord. Everyone watching over their lives, watching over their homes. Thank you, thank you, Father. You come in the rest of the day and the evening. Nepali service into thy hands. Oh, Father, be with us. Help us to be watchful as we love. Thank you. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.